Okay, we gotta start because we gotta do stuff. Hi, hi. Er- hi everyone. I'm Dan. I'm Carrie. I'm Patrick. And no grandpa this time, but that it's happens. Still us. He, he's still with us, but he's not with us. Correct. No, no, no. Don't worry. We'll probably take a longer break if that happens. <laughs> uh, but welcome to the 2001. I'm pretty sure we're up to 2001 now. Yeah, we are. Okay, I feel Awards. old. Yeah, we're coming up. We're coming up to the present. It's getting kind of crazy. That's scary. Uh, this is if I ran the Oscars, where we take a look at one movie from every year the Oscars were broadcast on TV. We'll look at what it won for and three other categories chosen at random. And this was the year of uh, Mom being disappointed in Russell Crowe, or the start of the uh, two-year cycle of Russell Crowe being in Best Picture movies and Mom not wanting to talk about him. Well. I just have a difficult time understanding his accent. He's Australian. I'm just putting it out there. I'm just being honest. We got lucky and did not have to watch Gladiator, though I wouldn't have minded too much. You guys could have done that tonight. Uh, We also didn't watch Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, possibly until 2001, the most successful foreign language film in America. I would say that's pretty fair. Would have been a good good. You wouldn't mean until 2001. Well, Parasite won Best Picture. In 2000, no, that's just one. 2021. 2021. Yeah. Uh, see, My I was apologies. confused. No wonder. But this was 2001, so I was always <laughs> order ordered. Right. Uh, but we rolled Traffic, which I had basically not heard of. I had never seen this film. Uh, no. Interestingly, Traffic is an adaptation of a British TV series. Okay, that's weird. Called Traffic with a K. It's about the British illegal drugs trade involving Afghanistan and Pakistan. Okay. And German dealers. Wow. It got three BAFTAs, nominated for three more, and got an international Emmy. Wow. That's crazy. So it was a pretty good show. And the director of this one had been looking to make a film about the drug wars for a while. Hmm. Okay. And worked together, basically cobbled together this idea, and they were going to distribute it with Fox. All right. But Fox said, cool, and we know who would be great in this role. Harrison Ford. Uh-uh. No and kidding. I don't think so. In what role? As, as the... As the head DEA guy. The head DEA I don't think guy. so. Yeah. So, I, uh, Fox said, okay, we're going to put this in turnaround. You can shop it out, I guess. And so he started shopping it out, and then Harrison Ford said, what's this movie? I mean, maybe. And then Fox said, oh, cool, we'll pick that back up. And then Harrison Ford said, what's this movie? Nah. (laughs) (laughs) And decided to go make action movies again, because he's Harrison Ford. He can do that. He can do whatever he wants. And the movie was eventually picked up by USA Films. Now, you've probably never heard of USA Films. Because they just made it for this film? No, they changed their name or got bought by somebody. They are now known as Focus Features, which we've seen in front of movies more recently. Sure. Their most uh, successful film to date is a little something called Downton Abbey. Downtown Abbey? Downtown Abbey. Wow. Good for them. So, you know, did okay. They've made some money. And... The number of people in this movie is ridiculous. And we get to do the American version of who was in Harry Potter. Yeah. We get to do who was in a Marvel movie. Yeah. There's a lot. There are four. That's kind of... That's that's a number bigger than two. A fifth one is somebody's dad. 
<laughs> I can only think of two. All right, so we're going to start with the first one on our list in Wikipedia is Don Cheadle, mm-hmm. who has been in a lot of things. I uh, more recently people would recognize him from Oceans 11, 12, and 13. Sure. I uh, but he was also in Boogie Nights, which is, you know, I hear kind of a big deal. Wow. Okay. Uh, in the Marvel movies, he plays uh Darn it, I'm not going to get his name. There he is, James Rhodes. He is yes. Iron Man's sidekick. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, oh yeah, he was also in Hotel Rwanda. I hear that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he's done a lot of things. He's very good uh, at what he does. Mm-hmm. He shows up uh, in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Marvel movies. Oh my goodness. Uh, and is going to be in a new Disney Plus TV show. Mm-hmm. And there's an episode of the new DuckTales where Donald <laughs> Duck uh, gets some device lodged in his throat so he sounds like Don Cheadle. No. <laughs> in fact, they say That's so funny. on the show. It's a, it's a season finale and they're doing some dramatic things. And I think they did it because they needed Donald Duck to sound normal so that people could understand him. And so they just lampshade it by saying, why do you sound like... Are you always saying these things and you just now that you sound like Don Cheadle? And he's voiced by Don Cheadle. It's great. Oh my goodness gracious. Uh, next on our Who's in a Marvel movie, we have Benicio Del Toro. Yes, because... Who's been in a lot of things. Uh-huh. Boy, howdy. For this film alone, he has an Academy Award, a BAFTA, a Golden Globe, and two SAGs. Oh my goodness. Well, he did a good job. He did a very good job in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got a second nomination for 21 Grams, which I assume is also about drugs. I don't know. But Usual Suspects, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Sin City. He played Shay Guevara in Shay. But okay. I missed him from the standpoint of the Marvel Universe. That's because he's not in a lot of them. Yeah. He is a character called The Collector. He appears in basically one movie. He is uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy, and he's the guy that has the cool purple rock. Mm. Uh, The six cool rocks are what make the universe explode, and you want to not let the bad guys have all of them. I've just overly simplified the entire canon of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Which is what you should do for me. Thank you. Uh, But he was also in Star Wars The Last Jedi, so, you know, he did okay. Next on our list of people who have been in Marvel movies, it's Michael Douglas. Mm. Oh, and I didn't remember him being in there until you started talking That's about because it. he's been in the more recent ones that weren't as good as far as people consider it. But he's done other things, so we can talk about the other things he's done. Uh, like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which he produced in 1975. I didn't know that. Yep. If I it, did, I forgot. It is, in fact... His first Academy Award because he got Best Picture. Oh, but he looks then so much like his father. Oh yeah, I mean Kirk Douglas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, let's see, Chorus Line, Wall Street, Oliver Stone's Wall Street. He got Best Actor for that one, and then had a sequel in 2010. The original was 1987. Yeah, and that's on my list. If we ever do the podcast of really late sequels, it's oh. definitely on the list. <laughs> Uh, Basic Instinct, The American President, Solitary Man, TV series, Green Eggs and Ham. Yeah, then yeah, Go figure. Yeah, he's guy. I, yeah, he's guy. Am I? Which I don't think is in the book. Voice actor. I don't think so. Yep. And in the Marvel movies, he is Doctor Pym, 
the original Ant-Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He's the the older version of Ant-Man. Yes. He also plays the alternate version of himself in the speculative what-if series that I need to find a way to watch. Because that's always the coolest thing that Marvel does. Yeah. Is they spend decades building canon and then have these little one-offs of, hey, you know what would be cool? And it's always the best stuff they do. He has done a lot of work that that is well-known work. Too. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's also married to Catherine Zeta-Jones. I knew yeah. that. Who has not been in a Marvel movie. It's very disappointing to say she has not been. Well, that's just happens. Uh, do you know what... She can't be everywhere. Do, do you know where she was born? What her... Where she's from? Argentina? She's Welsh. Oh. <laughs> I obviously was way off. I'm in the wrong hemisphere. Correct. I've, I mean, she does a very good job of not having a horrible, horrible Welsh accent. Wow. Uh, she's a uh, CBE. No. Not dame yet, but I don't think she's yeah, old yeah, enough yeah. to be damed. But... She's done a lot of things as well. Uh, She was also in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew all about that. Uh, I've seen The Terminal. She was in Ocean's 12. Red 2, which I hear is always funny. That's old people. That's old people stuff, which makes me happy. And she is very active with uh, charities and stuff, uh, partially due to her struggle with depression and bipolar disorder. You know what? If you make lots and lots of ridiculous money, then you should mm-hmm. give it away. I think that's a great idea. So, who do we talk about next, then? Oh, that I don't know. Uh, Erica Christensen, who played Michael Douglas's daughter in this movie? Yeah, I was wondering about that. She didn't hasn't done as many things, but this was kind of her big deal. Like her breakout? Uh, because she was, she was you know, quite young. Uh, she was uh, 18. Oh, boy. And because she's a teenager, she did not get Academy Award stuff. She got the MTV Movie Award <laughs> for Breakthrough Female Performance. Nice. Uh, nice. And she got the SAG for Cast in a Motion Picture. Okay. Yeah, along yeah. with everyone else. She sure, didn't sure, get sure. An, an individual one. But at 18, that's pretty good. Yeah. Luis Guzman, which who Dad also looked up, yeah. he's... Uh, Puerto Rican man, if you need a guy to look, you know, vaguely Central American, he's pretty good at that. He does that a lot. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, his... Plenty of work in that realm. Yeah. Uh, he was also in Boogie Nights, uh, the Netflix series Narcos, which doesn't surprise me too much. <laughs> and he looks kind of vaguely like, if you need someone to look a little Hispanic. shady, Hispanic and slightly shady. You get him. You get him. But he does a very good job of it, and we don't fault him for that, because you need to have people like that. Dennis Quaid! But does that mean that we're profiling? No, it means that he's... Uh, if we want, we want to have somebody that looks shady and and Latino, then we get him, and isn't that profiling? I'm pro- sorry. Profiling would be if we were denying him access to other parts, because no. he's only good at this no, one. No, that's... That, well... That would be more racist, I suppose. But if he's the right man for the part because of his build and his demeanor and his natural acting ability, then it would be like, why? That sounds like what you do when you're acting. Okay. All right. I'll stop. I will right. make note that uh, Erica Christensen was in an episode of Third Rock from the Sun, which you appreciate. Really? Apparently. 
Well, was she one of the girls when they were doing the Romeo and Juliet play? Probably, yeah. Uh-huh. No, that was not the episode. But whatever. Anyways, can you name another movie with Dennis Quaid in it? Uh, a frequency? Yep. Wasn't he, like, somebody's dad? Um, he's been in someone's dad many times. Oh, he's, he's been, like yeah, he has. No, 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 I don't think he was ever Superman's dad. Smallville? I don't, he was, no, no, the dad in Smallville is one of the guys from Dukes of Hazard. Because there's an episode right. where the other guy from Dukes of Hazard shows up in the car. Oh, that's weird. Uh, and then in the movies, uh, his dad is Kevin Costner. I was getting it mixed up with him. Uh, but my go-to would probably be The Day After Tomorrow or The, yes. or, uh, the Rookie. Is it The Rookie? Which one's the one where he's playing baseball? Yeah. Something no, like it's that. not The Rookie, I don't think. it's. But but for sure, Day After Tomorrow was one that was... Was I was going to come up with? Yeah, it is the rookie. Um, it is the rookie. That is that the right one I'm thinking of? It is. That is the one I'm thinking of. Uh, yeah, no, that's the one where he's really, really good at throwing a baseball and not much else. Because I think he's a bad dad. In other that things. One. Yeah, other things he was in that I don't even know. Wouldn't have even thought about him being in. But quite a few. What like he's the, done a lot of work. Like the remake of Footloose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure, huh? Yeah. That's just crazy. The parent trap? Is he the dad in Parent Trap? Well, the new Parent Trap, not no, the one from when I was a kid. Uh, no, yes, I, it's I not. Yes, literally... it's, yes, it's not the 1961 version of Parent Trap. See, that's one. Sorry, it's the one I remember. Hey, he was yeah. uncredited in Stripes. Huh? Go figure, right? Oh, he was in the right stuff. We saw mm-hmm. that. We did. That's one of our films. Yeah. We did. We didn't remember that at all. Yeah. So we've talked about him. We have. Come on. All right. Uh, James Brolin, uh, or as he was born, Craig Kenneth Bruderlin. Okay. Fair enough. Went with a more marketable name. Uh, he has a uh, star in the Walk of Fame, not necessarily any too many big awards other than that, but he's done a lot of things. Right. Because he's been around a long time. Uh, he was in the original Westworld in 1973. He, in this movie, he was General Landry. So he wasn't in too many scenes, but he showed up a few times. He is the dad of Josh Brolin, who plays Thanos in the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is, you know... That's his he's, connection. He's almost in Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. And our last person who's actually in Marvel movies is Topher Grace, who's only kind of in Marvel movies. Only kind of. Well, that's because uh, he's in a Sony movie about a Marvel person. He's in one of the old Spider-Mans. Ah. Uh, I... But he is most well known for being the main character of that 70s show. Yes. thought it was noteworthy that Erica Christensen was in that 70s show. Oh, probably. Episode. Well, anyone... Same who, timing. Anyone right? who was a reasonable Makes young sense, person right? actor at the time showed up in that show. I yeah. Think. yeah. Uh, I do also remember Topher Grace plays Topher Grace in one scene in Ocean's Eleven. Oh, dear. And it's the one whenever the brothers and I are do- joking about being bad at cards is yeah because he's uh gambling and they're doing like he's playing himself he's playing a rich entitled hollywood actor sure and he puts down his cards and he's like all reds and he starts pulling in the pot and it's like three hearts and two diamonds (laughs) where brad pitt's just going He's making I, that face. He's him. making the face of I need to go do something better with my life. 
So I don't mean there's even more people in here, but we'd be here gotta, kind of all day if we were just we talking about that. the people in here. That's too much. Because we have to talk about the script and the cinematography, only one of which is actually on our list, I believe. Mm-hmm. But we do kind of have to talk about both because they're both ridiculous. Let they me see. Really good. Let me see which one's on our list so we talk about that one first. It is. Oh, film editing. Neither. Yeah, <laughs> neither. Correct. How do we not get that? Uh, well, it won for that, obviously. Yeah, but do we, we don't get to talk about it at all? No, I mean, we can talk about the other things, too, because yeah. they, uh, cinematography definitely leads into the film editing, because the better work you do in camera, mm-hmm. the less difficult work you have to do when you're editing, and then it all just looks great. Right. So, this movie... But, but because of the way the film was shot... Correct. So, the cinematography on this movie was done by a man named Peter Andrews. Now, you may not have heard of Peter Andrews because he's not real. What? No, you're making this up now. I am not. The director did his own cinematography under a false name. What? He he operated the camera himself. The director did? Yes. Well, why did he put his own name on it? Uh, Possibly so that no one would get after him for doing all the work himself. It doesn't mean it doesn't say why. You'd have to ask him. It was not nominated for cinematography, so... It was not, but the camera work is notable for the fact that it looks like three different stories being told through the visual storytelling. And it, I mean, it it visually looks like it's, it's as if three different people were shooting. Which he did on purpose, of course. Yeah, yeah. And that, if we want to talk about the science-wise, the blue film is tungsten with no filter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The uh, regular shot is diffusion filters and slightly overexposed. Okay. And the Mexico yellow story has tobacco filters. And that 45 degree shutter angle that we talked about in Saving Private Ryan, uh-huh, uh-huh. so it looks sharper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then all of them went through an extra step to make them look grainier. Wow. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it was done... To make it look more like it was home movies. Then. Yes. And I, uh, as far as inspiration for how he did his camera work, he watched the movie Z. Which we huh. have watched. Which we, were, which we have watched. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. was about, you know, political intrigue and, you know, mm-hmm. who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. Yeah, which yeah. is kind of what this is about. As far as where they were filming and who they were filming... Dad was noting the actual senators in this movie. There were? Yeah, there were well, multiple. There was a scene where Michael Douglas was going to an event, and basically he's going to get to talk to every senator that's there, and they're all going to want a thing. They're all going to want a thing, and he has to not talk down to them so that mm-hmm. they all like him. Yeah. And so they got Harry Reid, Barbara Boxer, Orrin Hatch, Charles Grassley, Don Nichols, and Massachusetts Governor Bill Weld. In a scene that was improvised, they basically asked these govern- these politicians to actually say the issues that they wanted. The drug stuff. To the drug stuff that they <laughs> felt was important to Michael Douglas. Cool. Wow. So that was kind of cool. They, orig- they, they filmed it with actors, and then they got all these politicians to say they'd be in the film, so they shot it again. Wow. That's kind of cool. Also, this one I think is kind of in- interesting... How do you think they got the shots of the U.S.-Mexico border? 
They went to Canada. They went to the U.S.-Mexico border. And really shot it. Yeah. And you can't just shoot a border crossing. No, I can't imagine that you could. No, so they went to the DEA and said, Hey, we're making a movie about the war on drugs. Can you fix any historical inaccuracies in here? Hmm. And so they did and went, Hey, also, would you like to shoot at the border crossing? (laughs) Also. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... They did a very good job of covering all their bases and talking to the right people so that it felt like it a felt real, real... felt real. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. lots of cool things going on there. Uh, screenwriting, it also won for that. And this is a two-hour and 20-minute movie that was originally three hours ten. Wow. They cut it down that far. And nothing in this movie felt wasted. I, it's interesting because we're looking at film editing. Yeah. And we're talking about cinematography. The cinematography, there were definitely some curiosities about it and really kind of unique things that they did with it. It was not nominated for cinematography. Which is interesting. And it won for film editing. Yeah. Which, as you look at the film editing component, I, I can see that why it would win an award for that. Just there were some really interesting and unique things that they were doing. With the film itself, and physically, and, and piecing together all of the many, many pieces in a way that made the story uh, work, the the multiple stories, um, con- the continuity was there. And if the film editing wasn't good, you would have just completely lost it. Yeah, but I think the cinematography was a component that I would have thought it would have been nominated for, and it wasn't. Yeah, I I wonder if it's because it didn't feel professional enough for the academy like who who is on who the who's who's on the list for cinematography this time let's well, see if crouching they... tiger hidden dragon gladiator oh brother where art thou which i find kind of interesting yeah that's a Patriot. different kind of a film and the very Patriot. different yeah. yeah well the and so those probably felt more like they were shot like movies rather than right Clunky documentaries. Yeah, this one felt like a documentary in many ways. And I wonder if that was just the Academy going, man, like whoever was, you know, like they, it's all smart and everything, but we really wish they'd been using steady cams. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a design decision that the, if the director is behind the camera, he's definitely making that decision on purpose. Yeah. So, made disappointing for him, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, editing-wise, there are even scenes where it was just... Like, at the very end, he gets into the taxi, and it's just watching him in the taxi for, like, a good five seconds. Mm-hmm. And it didn't feel like, why are we staring at this guy for five seconds? You're staring at him because he just did a major about-face with regard to his priorities. Yeah. And as we, a character. And we had to see... And you had to see the the mm-hmm. face the to emphasize this guy is just turned a major corner yeah which it that takes me to the character development that we were talking about during the film and the myriad of characters in the film all with stories that seemed worthwhile to tell yeah in their own way and i mean even even people like the assassin there was some character development even with a guy like that Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and and i think that was a real accomplishment. Yeah. And all told in a proper amount of time, you get scenes that were just there for character development, but it wasn't protracted. It was, all right, we've got one and a half minutes 
to develop this guy's character. Mm-hmm. Go. Mm, yeah. And then a minute and a half later, we give a crap about that character. Mm. And we can go on to the next guy. Uh, so, film editing, yes, I agree. 100%. Whoever was cutting this film together knew when to cut and when not to. Uh, this is something that, if since we basically haven't done this before, and I've made videos, but I don't think... I, I've never done mm-hmm. anything on this scale, so... I definitely don't have the information here. I think film editing is the aspect of filmmaking that we know the least about. Right. And is hard, the hardest mm-hmm. to see. Mm-hmm. This is the film version of watching gymnastics at the Olympics. Where yeah. you watch mm-hmm. it and you go, that was amazing. And then the commentator goes, that was rubbish. Yeah. And we think, why? Oh, well, these little things right here. Oh, okay, I guess. And then once you see it, you know it, but... So, at least we can agree that this is all very good. Our next thing. Uh, best picture. Um, I think it might have deserved a nomination. And it did. I think that because the the writing was good. And I, I just think, I thought that the way that it was shot was interesting. Yeah. It was a good story. It was a good group of people. Good acting. It was acting. strong focus by... Everyone involved. So this one did win for Best Director. Yeah. Which I think is fair. And it was nominated for Best Picture. So this is one of those oddballs where it didn't get Director and Picture. picture. Yes. So Gladiator was Best Picture. Also in there, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Aaron Brockovich. And I don't know what Chocolat is. Uh, It's a film. It is in fact a film. Oh, it's got Dame Judi Dench in it. It's an an interesting film. Yeah, that's different. Mm-hmm. So, I haven't seen that one. Don't know much about it. Uh, original score. This movie had basically no music in it. It had a little bit here and there, but there was no way no, this movie no. was even going to be considered for score. Not happening. Which is fine. You had kind of know that going in. Yeah, they had movie for the. They had music for the credits. They did. Yeah, but that was that's about not all. the same as a score. <laughs> but that's, that's your clean up yeah. your popcorn yeah. music. This is in the interesting year where Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon one for score. And there's not a whole lot going against it. I mean, the two ones that you'd want to worry about are Hans Zimmer for Gladiator and John Williams for The Patriot. Yeah. So, you know, beat those two. I I do kind of want to look up the guy who did the work for Crouching Tiger. His name is Tan Dun. Probably Tan Tun. Yeah. I'm working on it. Uh, yeah, he dude. did the music for the medal ceremonies for the Beijing Olympics. So, you know, when, you chi- when, when China needs a guy to do music for the entire country, you call this guy. That's right. Uh, and he's a UNESCO Goodwill Ambassador. Well, that sounds so, fantastic. you know, good work on that guy. We like him. Mm-hmm. And our last thing is special effects. There were not a whole lot of special effects in here either, which is a little disappointing. I, uh, You will not be surprised by Gladiator winning that one. Right. Uh, however, this was an okay year for special effects because also nominated. There were three. There were three movies total. Yeah. Hollow Man, where they needed to have an invisible person because he's hollow. And the Perfect Storm, which is the movie about the boat when there's oh, big waves. Yeah. That was a big one. I didn't see that. As special effects go. As special sure. effects, yeah. Not not necessarily any, like, space wizards going on this year, but these are three very good movies that needed very good special effects to sell the movie properly. 
So good work on all of them. This movie wasn't even going to come close here, and that's fine. Not right. every movie will. Right. I think it won and was nominated for right where it belongs. Yeah. I think. I mean, it won for writing, and it won for edit, film editing, and mm-hmm. and of course, uh, Benicio Del Toro for the for actor, actor and supporting yeah. role. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can before we go, we can uh, give ourselves our mild disappointed that we did not randomly roll how the Grinch stole Christmas for makeup. I know, and that I uh, best original song did not go to my funny friend and me from the Emperor's New Groove. So that wasn't even an option. Ugh, not even an option. We're sorry, Sting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any interesting facts to close us out? Uh, tidbit. All right. Because another favorite movie in in our family, um, the Princess one Bride. Of the, one of the producers. Oh, not Princess. Edward Bride. Zwick was also a producer for Shakespeare in Love. Which I do enjoy that. I film. thought. Mm-hmm. I thought. True. Okay, well, that's that was kind of a little bit of a surprise. But I looked at some of the production uh, people, and he he was kind of noteworthy. He did a lot of. He's done a lot of work. So um, that's about it. Yeah. Well, great. We want to thank the Academy for doing its job and thereby pointing us in the direction of quality filmmaking. Bye. Bye. Bye.